Are you glad to be in the house of God today? That was an interesting clap. Are you glad to be in the house of God today? There you go. Now that sounds like church. Amen, everybody. Hey, we're glad that you are here with us today. Before I get preaching, I want to let you know a couple things that's going on. That next week uh, starts season two of our small groups. So we want to encourage you that if you've never been in small groups, you want to lead one, want to be a part of one, uh, we want to encourage you. You can go online or you can ask some questions at the uh, guest services and be a part of that. You can see all the options that we have. Church is good in rows, but it's even better in circles. Amen, everybody. And then next week as well, we have our Belong Experience. This is if you're interested in learning who we are, where we're going, what God has done here, how you can fit in, and where you can be a part of, how you can be a part of how our church is growing and the good things ahead. And so I'll be a part of that, and so I want to encourage you to come, be a part of that day. We believe that church is just not something you attend, but somewhere you belong. So I want you to come be a part of that uh, next week. Now, today is the conclusion of a three-part series entitled Soul Food, a recipe for peace in an anxious world. And if you have your Bible, I'll get to it in just a moment, but you can turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter four. That has been where we have anchored for the last two weeks, and we're gonna end there today. Now, if you haven't heard last week or the week prior, I wanna encourage you to go back and listen to those. You can go on our website or go on YouTube, and you can listen to the last two weeks. The last two weeks, I feel like I've tried to encourage you. And then today, I feel like I'm supposed to challenge you. Because how many of you know the word will do that sometimes? I think it's important for us to start here and to understand something. That to struggle in our minds is not a sin. Now you can struggle with sin in your mind. But to struggle in your mind is not necessarily a sin. I think if you're like me, maybe you have heard people say things along the lines of you maybe need more faith, or you didn't pray the right prayer, and if you were really a follower of God, you wouldn't struggle in your mind. And sometimes Christians have an additional layer of pressure because we have spiritualized the struggles as well as just when a person who is not a Christian can just say, I'm struggling in my mind. We sometimes, according to Caroline Leaf, have an additional layer of pressure. Uh, we could feel sometimes disqualified or uh, feel unworthy because we thought if we were following Jesus, we wouldn't struggle in our mind. Can I tell you today, struggling in your mind doesn't mean that it's a sin. Struggling in your mind means that you're human. If you look through the Bible, you can find uh, everyone, many, many profiles dealing with toxic thoughts. Some of the greatest Bible heroes, people like Isaiah and people like Elijah and David, Jeremiah, Paul, these individuals had really dark moments that needed help in their mind. You can see the prophet uh, Jeremiah at one time is prophesying big, and the Bible calls him a weeping prophet. Bible actually says that he struggles with loneliness and insecurities, and David, who's a man after God's own heart, struggles with dark seasons. Elijah, who calls fire down from heaven, runs away from Jezebel. You, you can see the fight and struggle in our minds, and I want you to understand something, and I've told you for the last few weeks uh, that we have a ministry resource called Vibrant Cares, and that not only do we believe that you should be sitting in service and worshiping together, but there are some times you just need to talk to somebody. And so we offer this ministry to you and your family. These are counselors that are trained in psychological insights as well as biblical truth. And if that's you and you wanna, be a, wanna talk to somebody, maybe you feel stuck in life right now, maybe you're dealing with some things, we offer this to you and your family for absolutely free, okay? So I want you to know that if you need some help, we're here for you. Is that okay, everybody? Isn't that a good church? That's a good church. So when we talk about the mind, we're talking about the battle that we can sometimes face on the inside, struggling for peace in an anxious, an anxious world. We, let's pick up where we left off the last few weeks. Philippians chapter four, verse six says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. 
Then, everybody say then. You will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The first week we talked about the first recipe or the first ingredient to the recipe for peace in an anxious world was prayer first. Pray first. That when we feel anxiety, we need to pray. Ingredient number two, we talked about praise often. That was last week where we talked about Paul and Silas in prison, praising God in the dark seasons of life. Praise can change our perspective. Prayer can change us. Is that right, everybody? So we talked about prayer and we talked about praise. And so today, in closing, I want to close with this final thought. One of the three ingredients for peace in an anxious world is to ponder accurately. Ponder accurately. We need to pray, we need to praise, and we need to ponder. Well, where do you see that in Philippians chapter four? I'm glad you asked. The very next verse says, and now, if you want peace that passes understanding, verse eight, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Paul is letting us know that before we just move on through this letter, if we're gonna have peace in an anxious world, if we're gonna have peace that passes understanding, we are required not only to pray when we feel worry, not only to praise when we feel anxious, but to take time to be intentional with our thought life. Now, if I was sitting through the last two weeks or I listened for the last two sermons, I could very easily think, if I'm a skeptic, that you're over-spiritualizing the problem. That when you just feel worried and concerned, just pray, it'll be okay. And just praise, it'll be okay. But, and I believe that, that the Bible, we talked about it, the importance of prayer and the importance of praise that when we feel anxiety in an anxious world, but, there's one more step, and I would say it's the hardest step, to ponder accurately. You just don't wanna have two ingredients and not the third one. The third one kinda seals the deal that if you're gonna continue in the peace that God is giving us, you and I gotta do quality control on our, our interior life. Am I talking to anybody? So what Paul says is simply this. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. If I were to go around the room today and I was to interview you joining us online, I was to talk to a single mom or a single dad or a business owner, I would ask you, what are your thoughts fixed on? What are your thoughts fixed on really? What are your thoughts fixed on really I can't wait to preach today I, I got this all cooking up in me can I talk to you today the average person touches their phone approximately 2,617 times a day two hours and nine minutes per day on social media platforms this amounts to approximately 15 hours a week. 780 hours a year. That is 32.5 days a year. We are spending, hear me, one month on social media a year. This is, it's quiet in here. Pew Research Center in 2015 said that parents in the United States reported spending 13.7 hours a week on focused activity with their children, and the rate is dropping. When you compare that study to the last study, we are spending more time on social media than we are our own children. If you take those numbers and apply them to children right now who are being born in our culture, at the end of their lives, they will have spent seven years on social media. 
According to a survey conducted by Nielsen in 2021, the average person in the United States spends approximately three hours and 46 minutes per day watching video content across various platforms, including streaming services. This amounts to approximately 26 hours and 22 minutes per week. What is your mind fixed on? According to a research, uh, according to a report published by the Pew Research Center in 2020, in the United States, adults spend an average of 90 minutes per day consuming news. This includes time spent reading, watching, and listening to news content across a variety of platforms, including television, radio, print, and digital media. Let me ask you again, what is your mind fixed on? Can I go deeper? A survey from 2021 found that 11% of Americans read the Bible daily. Trends in reading habits over the last four years show the majority of Americans never read the Bible. However, in 2021, this number has dropped to 29%. Bible readership varies across each demographic, with millennials, hear me, most likely to have never read the Bible. Whereas the most frequent readers are those who are 70 years and older. When researchers for American Bible Society annual study of the Bible report saw the data, roughly 26 million people had almost completely stopped reading their Bible in the last year. Did you hear what I just said? Research is showing that 26 million people in the United States have stopped reading their Bible in the last 12 months. What are our minds fixed on? When 26 million, there's only like three million people in the whole state of Mississippi. Imagine those numbers, 26 million mothers, fathers, teenagers, business owners, trying to live their lives not directed by the word of God. 26 million in the last year have stopped reading their Bible. In 2021, about 50% of Americans said they read their Bible at least three to four times per year on their own. Three to four times a year on their own. Church attendance, I'm asking the question, what are you fixed on? Church attendance where people would hear the spoken word of God, where they could be encouraged together with other believers since COVID statistically has not bounced back all over the United States. Some are reporting that only one third have come back. Some are saying two thirds have come back. Some are saying half. But statistically, the numbers are showing that people have not returned back to church. I just got a question for you. What are our minds fixed on? I'm not mad at anybody. I don't have a, an ax to grind. I'm just trying to help you and I understand the question in the room today is what are our minds fixed on? So you can pray and you can praise but when the rubber meets the road on Monday, where is your mind? I have so many more stats, but I can feel you getting overwhelmed. Let me keep moving. If our minds are fixed on the wrong thing, we welcome frustration in our lives. Are you still with me today? So, so let me give you an illustration. You like illustrations? I like illustrations. This is how I learn really well. I learned by seeing it. You, you see this? That's, that's really nice, isn't it? Now, let's go over here. That's what I'm talking about, right? I don't know if you can see. We have donuts. We got Pop-Tarts. We got, I'm gonna eat something here in a minute. <laughs> we got Twinkies, we got French fries, we got nuggets. 
I do need to move on. I'm starting to like this one a little too much. What else you got in here? Now, now, I want you to look here. How many of you know this? Asparagus, cabbage, or lettuce. I don't even know what healthy stuff looks like. <laughs> How many of you know this is healthy? Our physical bodies need healthy food. How many of you know you feel the anointing when I walk over here. <laughs> this is unhealthy food. Now, I cannot and you cannot continue to eat bad food and expect to stay in good shape. <laughs> this church, this church is ridiculous. And I can't eat good food and go into bad shape. Have you ever heard the statement, you are what you eat? My intake determines my outcomes. I can't eat bad and feel good. I, if I, what I put in my body determines the outcome of my Physicality. Now hear me, I can't just eat a bunch of bad food, can't just eat a bunch of bad food, and then tell myself, hey listen, body, you're gonna have to understand, I got good intentions, I got a good heart, so I'm gonna eat bad. I can't continue to eat bad and stay in a size, I don't even know where I'm at right now. I got the size 34 jeans. If this church in Mississippi has any more of its way with me, <laughs> you're gonna have to roll me on this stage someday. But hear me, if I continue to eat that way, I, I won't be in good shape. So I can't tell my body, I'm a sincere person, so don't hold this against me. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? I think if we're not careful, the same is true with our minds and our spirits, that we can't just let anything into our minds all week long and then just say, okay, God, you know my heart. I'll be at church on Sunday, but I'm gonna let that movie in my house I'm gonna scroll social media for 700 hours a year. I'm going to just listen to people at work, but you, I got a good heart. Am I talking to anybody? I want you to understand how careful we need to be with what's coming into our minds. Because hear me today, the devil is excellent at discipling Christians. Filling our minds with media and politicians and news and informations. And we as Christians, followers of God, 26 million of us have decided to stop eating this and have started to be discipled by Joe Rogan. He ain't in here. You can say amen. <laughs> We're being discipled by CNN. We're being discipled by Fox News. We're being discipled by worldly culture and worldviews. And we're saying, well, I'm a Christian because I came to church on Sunday and I love God. Listen to me. It is a big difference between coming to Jesus and following Jesus. I don't want to get off topic, but I am a little concerned as I'm listening to people talk is that their followers, they love Jesus, they love God, they love the church, but through the week, they're putting so much toxicity that is not God's best for them. They're weakened, and we're wondering why we have no joy, wondering why we have no victory, wondering why we can't praise with confidence, wondering why we can't pray without feeling shame. I'll tell you why, because you've changed your diet
One of the great users, or one of the great uses, John Piper says, of Twitter and Facebook will be to prove at the last day that prayerlessness was not from a lack of time. Well, Pastor Ethan, you sound kind of legalistic today. Like, you, you just, this stuff you're saying about watch the movies you're watching and social media, it sounds a little old school because because we're a new, we're, 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 we're modern now. You sound a little, what they used to call clothesline preaching. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Clothesline preachers used to go look at what was on your clothesline and preach against it. I guess today we probably need a little clothesline preaching again where somebody will look at your life and say, listen, this is not God's best for you. Well, Pastor Ethan, we're under grace. We're underground. I don't, I, you should let me watch that series. You should let me do that. You should let me do this. You should let me, because I love God in my heart. You can love God with your heart and full of the devil in your mind. Now listen, I know this is tough, but hear me today. Two things I'd tell you. The reason why you're challenging me back, number one, you're convicted. Number two, it's just the truth. Number two, you can have as much of God as you want. It is up to you. But to go back to my statement I made a few minutes ago was a lot of people come to Jesus, a few people will really follow him. Jesus said, if you're gonna come after me, you must first deny yourself, give up your own way, pick up your cross, and follow me. Here's all I'm saying. If the world is entertained by it, why does it entertain us? I know this is tough. Normally you're a little louder than that. If it makes them laugh, why does it make us laugh? Because as I follow Christ, my appetites should change. Now, I'm not telling you you change to make God love you. I'm letting you know that you changed because you love him. The Bible says to come out from among them and be separate. It still says that. It still says that. I don't know what translation you got, but mine still says that. And I'm saying that not to shame us, but to help us understand that we do not gather our worldview from society. We gather our worldview from the Word of God. Mm. Normally, nine's with me. They're leaving me, Pastor Aaron. Hurry, hold the doors, everybody. I think they're going to leave. Let me just go a little further. Corey Ten Boom said it like this If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look at God, you'll be at rest. When 27 million people in the last year, who was already reading once to, one to four times a year on their own, is choosing to, this is the content that we consume day to day. This is how we're choosing to live our lives. When we come to church and we try to sing and try to love God, try to raise a family, try to make business decisions, try, and I've come to tell you today, you're probably working against yourself. That if you and I could determine this is what God's word looks like. The Bible says it's health to all your flesh. If we can get the word of God, prioritize eating well spiritually, we will be stronger on the inside. But I just have this bother, and I've talked to my wife, this bother that I sense and I listen to people talk, and they love God, and they love his church. And they love this church. And I listen to people talk, and including myself in this. I will listen and be like, not one time in their struggle in this conversation, what they're working through, did they ever refer to what the word of God said. And I'm not gonna be, I don't wanna shame anybody. It's probably because they don't know it. How are we expecting to be strong as Christians when our spiritual weapon, the Bible says the word of God, a sword of the spirit, we are unequipped. 
Oh, let me just go a little further. You still with me? This is why all the more you need pastors that stand in pulpits and preach the word. Because unfortunately, what I'm seeing all across the nation is that pastors are baptizing their sermons in political correctness and making sure they want black folks to like it and white folks to like it and Republicans to like it and Democrats to like it and will the LGBTQ like it and well, hey, hey, how about we ask this, does God like it? How about we stop asking if everybody likes it and just rightly divide, Paul told Timothy, preach the word. I'm just getting concerned because we got a lot of preachers who know how to get clicks on their social media, but don't know how to preach the word of God. I know this is tough, but I would tell you this. If I went to a church, even if it had a great kids program, and if that preacher preached anything that wasn't in that Bible, I would leave. And in fact, I'll give you permission. If I ever manipulate this for my own gain or to politically correct, you can leave. I don't, shouldn't be preaching it. All right, oh, 9 a.m. <laughs> this is what he says, he says, fix your thoughts, and then he says, here's eight categories I want you to think about. Are your thoughts true? That's enough right there, isn't it? Honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, worthy of praise. Now, doesn't that sound like a great day on Facebook? When you think about the mind, when you think about thoughts, when you think about what's going through our head, studies will show that there's a part of our brain called the neuroplasticity. And what it really does is the more you think a thought, the more often you will think that thought and the easier it is to think that thought. So you have millions of pathways in your brain from thoughts that you have and the more repetitive that thought becomes, the easier it is to think that thought. In other words, you condition your brain to reinforce what you believe to be true. Thinking a thought, whether it be true or not, becomes effortless. That's a great thing if we're thinking healthy thoughts. Right? That's a great thing when we're thinking thoughts that are good and admirable and excellent and true. That's a bad thing when we're thinking about unhealthy thoughts, things that are not true, things that are not admirable, things that are not excellent. The more you think healthy thoughts, the easier it is to think healthy thoughts. The more you think unhealthy thoughts, the easier it is to continue down the neurological pathways of your mind, those ruts, those grooves, to stay unhealthy. So listen to this. Studies reveal that when we are bombarded by about, we are bombarded by about 500 unintentional and intrusive thoughts a day. 500. Each unwanted thought lasts about 14 seconds. If you do the math, that's two hours a day of thoughts we do not want to think. In other words, our mind is crazy. And it's just gonna go places. And if you let these thoughts start to create grooves in your mind, creating a pathway in your head, you can tell yourself all kinds of crazy stuff. Increasingly, uh, they're finding in research that it proves the way to get someone to believe a lie is to simply repeat the lie. Psychologists call this uh, a glitch in the human psyche. That if we continue to hear a lie, whether it be the news media, whether it be in our own head, whether it be in your own home, eventually we can just believe that to be true. Are you with me? And so in, in my final moments together with you, I want you to understand something that we have a lot of things going on in culture. 
We spend hundreds of hours a month on social media. We're watching news. We're intaking stuff that's not strengthening our spirits, moving us in the direction that God wants us to go. Hear me, we are not defenseless to this. So I could feel at the beginning of the message you feeling overwhelmed. Maybe a sense of even guilt, knowing that maybe you've been on devices too much. I'm not shaming anybody. What I want you to do is understand, as children of God, we have to shift our diet to the way God wants us to eat. And not let the world tell us and disciple us and how to think. Is this too much for you? We have too many people voting based on how their mama votes. Too many people voting with the color of their skin. Too many people voting based on the voting block that the country has all of us in, by the way. And why don't we let our voting be decided by the word of God? Now, I'm not talking to one side of the aisle or the other. I'm talking to kingdom thinkers. Are you thinking, are you transcending the difference that you're, are you transcending this crazy arguing and debating that we see on TV and know that, you know what, I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. They can do that, but I'm this mentality. I'm renewing my mind. I'm not going to eat of the table that culture eats at. And when I'm scrolling social media and watching these things, it is only strengthening the dark side of me. We are not defenseless. Isaiah 26, three says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed, fixed, fixed on. You were talking about finding peace in an anxious world. Where are your thoughts? Fixed. Three points I want to give you in closing today. Number one, here's our fight back. You, you and I need to engage with the Word of God. Start the process of making space for the Word of God in our lives. Listen to great preaching. Listen to great teaching. Download the YouVersion Bible app. How many of you use that? Pick a Translation you can understand. Start a reading plan on there. Go buy a Bible. I want to encourage you to start reading somewhere. The book of Proverbs has 31 chapters. You can read a book. You can read a chapter a day. When is, when's May 1st? Anybody know that? Bada bing, bada boom. Start tomorrow, Proverbs chapter one. I didn't even know that. Look at God. <laughs> Start tomorrow, Proverbs chapter one. Read a proverb a day like a vitamin. Every day. Read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Read about Jesus. Listen, listen to, when you come to the house of God, I'm trying to pastor you right now if you're noticing. I'm not screaming and acting crazy. I'm just trying to talk to you. That, that when you come to the house of God, anticipate, be excited about the word. Take notes, lean in, be aware, be present. Don't slouch down in that seat because you're telling your body this is not interesting. Sit up straight. Talk back. That's right, baby girl. Just, just be present. Be here. Bring your Bibles. That's okay. We're in church. Stand up. Believe that something can be said today that could change my life. I've come to hear a word from God. It may not look like much to others, but if I get this in my system, I'm going to be a better father, a better mother, a better business owner. I get this in my system. It could change my outlook on life and change my decision making. And I may not have to stand in the altar and beg for a miracle if I just had wisdom on the front end. Number two, internalize the word of God. Internalize it. So don't just engage with it. That's the first step. The second step 
for you and I is to begin to internalize it. Joshua chapter one, verse eight says, the word of the, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Keep talking about it. But you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. That word meditate on the word is the word ruminate, like a cow. You ever seen cows? They could be sitting there and all of a sudden start chewing on something. They have a way to swallow some grass or whatever. I'm from Ohio, guys, I don't know. And then can regurgitate that an hour later and be like, They can do that multiple times. And what they're doing is they're extracting all the nutrients, they're meditating on it. They're stirring it around. They're bringing it back up. Here's what I would encourage you to do. When you want to internalize the word of God, you and I need to bring it back up. Put it in our minds. Chew on it. Memorize it. Think about it rehearse it. Join a small group next week that talks about the Bible. Talk to somebody. Get it. They won't let it. He said, don't let it leave your mouth. You keep talking about it. Keep chewing on it. And what you're slowly doing, if you keep repeating things, you'll eventually believe it. Just how a lie works by repetition, so does truth. As I'm meditating on it, I'm internalizing it. And once I've engaged with the word, internalized the word, here's the last one. Fight with the word of God. Fight with the word of God. The more we put truth in our heads, it begins to create new pathways in our heads that can battle against these certain thoughts that are intrusive, that lie to us, that fill our brain with fear and anxiety and stress and worry, you and I have a responsibility that, that Scott, what we need to do is to get this stuff and flush it out of our system. Because I, I hate to break anybody's heart. If you think you can come up here and rebuke this, I don't go on a fast and rebuke bad thoughts. You gotta reprogram yourself. Romans chapter 12, verse one. That we should not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So, so for me to walk in a healthy lifestyle with God, I need to ponder accurately. I just can't pray and praise these away, by the way. It would begin the process of loosening up the grip and changing our perspective and raising our God high, and reminding ourselves that he's in control and I'm not, reminding ourselves that he's bigger than we are, reminding ourselves that he's faithful and he's strong and he's never left you and he's never forsaken you. But when you're done praying and when you're done praising, put your head in the right direction and tell yourself that I'm a child of God. I am blessed. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Seal that fear off of your life by turning your head and pondering accurately. Now, when I talk about battling with the Word of God, I, I mentioned it moments ago, but the book of Ephesians says that the Word of God is a sword. It's our sword. We battle with this. Well, how do you battle with a, a book, Pastor Ethan? I'm not talking. Don't go in your kid's room and start hitting them with your Bible. What I do want you to understand is that when this word is in you and your worldview is changed and a lie comes in again, you look at that lie. I'm trying to help you. If you could listen to any sermon over and over, this is the one. If, if that lie comes in, you look at that lie and you tell that lie what God's word says because his word is truth. I'm trying to help you today. I'm trying to help you today. 
This is, this is what the Bible says. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretentious pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. The enemy wants to destroy what you think you know about God. So he's going to bring in lies to tell you things that's true about God or not true about God. Are you with me? And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought. You have no right. You're a trespasser to bring in these thoughts that are not God's kind of thoughts. I know several people that there are times when they have intrusive negative thoughts that come into their head. They will visualize that thought. I know this sounds crazy, but I actually believe it because I do it some. I will visualize that thought, put it in a cage. I take that thought, oh good Lord, thank God these thoughts ain't really these because I would be a mess. Take that thought, this is a weird illustration, take that thought and tell the devil, no, 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 I'm gonna put you, you do not have any access to my mind. And hear me, the more truth you get, the healthier you become, the stranger it is to have two cheeseburgers in the middle of that, and you immediately feel, That's, that don't make no sense. That ain't true. Because I familiarize myself so much with the truth that it's easier to discern a lie. <laughs> Fight back with truth. Hear me today. The enemy will come into your head and he'll tell you that you're a failure. He's going to get in your head and he's going to tell you that, that nobody notices you. That you've messed up. That God could never love you. But when that thought comes in, I want to encourage you. You get that word on the inside of you. I don't care if you got to open it and you need to read it right there in the living room. But you speak that word like Romans chapter 8 verse 37 that says that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Well, Pastor Ethan, sometimes I struggle in my mind that I, I don't matter. Well, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and the future. You better fight. Well, Pastor Ethan, I'm going through so much uncertainty right now, and I don't know what to do, and the enemy's got in my head, and, you know, the, the Bitcoin and the, and the gold and the silver, and I don't know what's going to happen with the body. Look, can I tell you something? I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know what I'm going to do. Why don't you just take a moment and remind yourself that God makes all things work together for the good. I'm just going to speak his word. When I feel fear, I'm going to tell him. I feel anxiety, Pastor Ethan. I feel fear. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to think. I don't know what to pray. Isaiah 41.10, do not fear for I am with you. Be not dismayed. Don't be discouraged. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. When the enemy comes in and makes you feel the pressure from the mountains that you may be facing, maybe you got to remind yourself that greater is he that's in me than he that is in this mountain, in this uncertainty and fear. I'm just trying to help you today that when the enemy comes in like a flood, we have a responsibility to reprogram our minds, to say, you know what? God's word says this, and you and I are gonna have to get in our heads that that word is the base of truth. That's how we're gonna fight. That's how I'm gonna battle. I'm not what culture says I am. I am who God says I am. I'm not what mama said I am. I am what God says I am. Speak the promises of God. Don't be afraid to hold that Bible. And I know some people don't believe in marking up your Bibles. I mark mine up because this is just important to me. I got like 18 Bibles. I mark them all up. 
That's just me. Why? I'm internalizing it. I'm fighting with it. I'm asking God, will you help me? Give me direction. I don't know where to go. I don't know where to turn. And so many times, Austin, I can look and remind myself. Now I've gotten to the point where I date things. God spoke to me this day, and God showed me that that day. And over and over, I just want the truth of God's word in my life. Because hear me, I feel like it's all I got. Am I seriously going to think that culture and society and economics and and government and sports and academics are going to stabilize us? The Bible says his word is established in heaven, meaning it's going to be here when the flower fades and the wheat falls and when the earth burns. His word will remain. I'll tell you this story and I'll I'll close, but um, the reason I'm passionate about this is that this isn't a sermon I put together for a weekend. This is a sermon that's put me together. That's the difference. That's the difference. I'm passionate about this because I do this. There are sometimes you put sermons together and there's other times sermons put you together. This is one of those sermons that has held me because I've had to do this. Many years ago, when I started getting the understanding that God loves us unconditionally, started getting the understanding of God's grace and his mercy. You know, if you grew up in church like I did, I mean, grace was pretty much just a word that was used and not understood. And I asked God, please help me understand the grace of God and his love for me and all that. And because I felt like if I messed up, then I'm a horrible person. I'm on my way to hell. And well, I was reading the Bible one day, and I never heard anybody ever teach it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. I never heard anybody teach it. I read it one day and I began to study it. In the King James, the one that gets you into heaven. That's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. All the Baptist people are like, yep. I'm just playing. Don't quit. Don't quit. For he hath made him to be sin, Bobby, for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now, that's some hard King James. Really, here's, the diff- here's what it says, that God put on Jesus what should have been on me and then put on me what should have been on Jesus. But you would be amazed how hard it was to believe that. Like, I heard it, but it didn't internalize it. I heard but I didn't get it. And so when I mean weeks and weeks and weeks, I would say months and months. I would write that verse out. I would stick it in anywhere I was reading. I would read that verse over and over and over. For God hath made him to become sin, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I would quote that to myself. I guarantee you, I don't want to exaggerate and make you think I'm lying. I bet it was hundreds of times a week. What was I doing? Reprogramming my brain. I didn't know this sermon at the time. I didn't. All I knew was I had thoughts like this. And I needed thoughts like this. And I needed it to stay. So I just kept creating these grooves in my mind and telling myself, no, no, no. I'm the righteousness of God. He loves me. He's got mercy for me. It's new every morning. And I begin to, I begin to watch this. As my mind began to change, my life began to feel so different. I walked with a new confidence because I believed it. Started walking in, in faith and knowing that he, Jesus took all my shame. I don't need to carry it. Why are we paying for the same sin twice? I begin to walk in confidence and, and knowing that, 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 that God loves me. And you know what's crazy? After that one kind of clicked, I kept doing it. I'd pick another one, another verse, or I'd struggle in my head, and I'd get another verse. How shall he, not with him, freely give us all things? Then i go to another word, verse. God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O God, my strength and my redeemer. Just another verse. Whatever comes, and I begin to internalize over and over and over and over. And once it's internalized, I can fight with that baby. 
Once I get it in there, then it's in there, and nobody can take it out of there once it's in there. But you know the devil, that's the last thing he wants is for you and I to get it in there. I meditate on it day and night. I don't let it depart from my mouth. I'll do everything that's in it. He'll make my way prosperous, and he'll give me good success. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. For his delight is in the law of the Lord both day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water. I just, I, the more it's in there, the more I begin to grow, and I'm trying to help you today. And some of you are so frustrated because this is just where you've been. Toxic thoughts, worry, anxiety, fear, stress, questioning, insecurities, doubt. The, the, hear me. The antidote for deception has always been truth. And if you start putting in your head the right food, it could change your what do you do when you're dealing with anxious thoughts? What are the ingredients when you need peace in an anxious world? I've come to tell you today in closing, you need to pray. You need to praise and you need to ponder. Do you believe that today? Come on, give God a big praise. Are you challenged today? Are you inspired today? Will you stand with us all over the room? I want to pray for your mind today. I want to pray for your mind. I want to pray for your thoughts. I want to pray for your intake. I want to pray that you and I will set our sails to not let our heads be filled with stuff that's not God's best for our lives. I want to think how God wants me to think. Amen. I want to live how God wants me to live. I want God's best for my life. I believe the same for you. With eyes closed all over the room and no one looking around. Maybe you're in the room today and you say, listen, I've loved this service. Can I tell you, none of this matters unless you give your life to Jesus. Maybe you've drifted away from him. Maybe you need to come home. Maybe you just need to say yes to him officially once and for all. If you're in the room today and you know you need to call on the name of the Lord, the Bible says he died for you. He loves you. He cares about you. This is the greatest moment of your life. And right now, our church is trained to start praying for you. And if you're in the room right now, all over this room, from the front to the back, if you don't know Jesus, I want you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, I want to give my life, rededicate my life, begin again, and I want to know Jesus today. Come on, thank you for that hand over there. Come on, nice and, nice, and, nice and high so I can see it. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. Being honest before God. Thank you, Jesus. You can put your hands down. What an awesome thing, church. Several hands in the air today saying yes to Jesus. Come on, let's pray together. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me my sins. Wash me clean with your blood. Make me new. Today starts a new day, a new chapter, a new season. This is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Come on, give Jesus big praise in this house.